listening to the Derek Sante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I have the privilege, once again, to be having another great conversation with a longtime friend whom I considered a brother from another. For years, his brother has been speaking out on the injustice of his fellow man. He inspires me to want to do more than I have been, and is a fresh reminder of what freedom of choice can look like if we weren't too afraid to actually take the step towards trying. Now, I've asked my brother to join me so he can shed some light on the ongoing conflict between two different nationalities and and cultures. I'm not going to reveal it just yet because you'll see as we get into it. Now, this is, you know, this conflict has been going on for many years and it's taking place in the Middle East. I'll leave it at that and hope that you enjoy the conversation because I think it will be definitely an insightful one. Without further ado, please help me welcome my brother, Mustafa Fu. Welcome, brother. Uh, thank you, Derek, man. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. I mean, uh, man. you're doing great things, you know. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to be, you know, as inspirational as I can be. And I think uh, I have to give, you know, kudos to you because I think you are definitely an inspiration to me in so many ways. And it's funny, I, I tend to have these moments where I get to reflect on not just childhood friends, but just people in general that who've had an impact, whether from a distance, whether they know it or not. And so this platform has kind of given me the opportunity to kind of be able to let them know that. And today's one of those moments. So thank you. No, oh, man. No, man. Thank you, man. I mean, the sharing information is what, uh, is what it's about. And I think uh, you're doing a great job, whether you're trying or not trying. I think, uh, you're in the right direction of just sharing information, just keeping the conversation above the average is a good way to go about it. So I appreciate that. So now with with every episode, I like to open with a quote. Mm-hmm. And um, this quote I have for you, I want to get your take on it. I want to see what comes to mind when you hear a quote like this, right? Mm, shoot. So it goes like this here. <clears throat> it seems as though we must choose a side between Israel or Palestine. When will it be safe to call this land home one more time? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not so much an issue between the the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, um, but when will will when we'll be able to call this home again is uh, is when we unite for for the greater good of uh, of people i mean uh, if we put people first then you wouldn't have any kind of situations like you have uh, in the middle east there right now but uh, people they separate themselves into me against the world and you know that uh, that creates uh an opportunity to have separation between Palestinian and Israeli, where as if you realize that we're all one in this, we're all one on this 
planet and there's only one planet and there's only one breath we can share. There's only one water we can share. Then, you know, you get to realize that uh, this planet is our home and we should really treat uh, each other like we want to be treated ourselves because the truth is that we are each other. We, we, we only exist through each other. That's, it's funny. I didn't look at it from that perspective until you just mentioned it, you know? Uh, yeah, because it's a concept between this and that and good or bad or uh, right or wrong. And uh, I think once we get rid of that topic of discussion, um, I think we'll be heading in the right direction. It, you know, what's interesting. I find life is very simple. Life is very simple. Yeah, but yes, it, 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 yes, it is. <laughs> it's, yes, it is there. <laughs> it's our complex you know, But we separated. <laughs> yeah, we separated. Exactly. We separated into, into different factions. And, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if any of your guests threw a, a quote back at you. But uh, that, that just reminds me of a quote from a guy named Alan Watts. He's saying, there are no things as separate things. Mm. So, so once you get rid of the idea that you're separate from what's around you and what's in the world, that it's all one and you're a part of it all, I think uh, life gets a lot more simpler. Mm. So, so it's simple. Life is simple at its root, but because of our minds and our idea of self and, um, you know, I guess you would call it identity, uh, right? Right. Right. Because the Palestinians they identify with that, and the Israelis identify as that, and as long as they're identifying on two different factions, then they'll, you know, I don't know if the res there will ever be a resolution to it. Mm. And uh, I don't think they're, you know, they want a resolution to that because, uh, I mean, would it be? Like, would it be like an individual, um, not on the person level, but maybe on the nationality level that, you know, we are better or I am better than the other, or I deserve these benefits or privileges over the other. Is that, is that what I'm? Yeah. I, yeah. Cause that's actually what's happening is that, uh, you know, the Palestinians are saying, this is my land from whatever years ago, but, right. and the Israelis are saying this God, uh, this is God's plan. This was, this is our God given, um, land. So we have the higher right to it. Mm. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really who has the bigger gun can say what they want. Right. So, and it, it hurts, it hurts, but there's, you know, there's, there's truth that we have to face. And and that's one of the truths. As long as uh, the bigger gun is involved, then you don't really have a say. You don't have much of a say. Unless, unless we work collectively. And then when you work collectively, it's harder, it's harder to, to oppose, right? Wow. But, uh, no, I think my thing is that I, I always, I always try to just share information. Like these days when people come and ask me like anything, I'm like, I'm quick to tell them, I don't know. And just, you know, that's my final answer. I don't know because the truth, you know, the truth of it is I don't really know. I mean, 
if it's political, if it's, uh, it's just the economics of the Middle East that there needs to be fighting or there needs to be war. or And so I accept it as the natural course. And this is just the way it is. It's the way it, it is. And if we don't work collectively, then it will always be the same. Right. Okay. You, you said some things that I want to get into. Um, before I jump to those, I want to take it to the beginning. So um, let's start from the beginning, as far back as we can possibly go. Now, what's, mm-hmm. what's your background? If you had to pick, I mean, I know, I know where you might stand with the word identity, but I'm just curious. I'm trying to paint a picture for those tuning in just so they can kind of follow with, with us on this conversation. Yeah. So I, I mean, I thought, I thought about that because I mean, you had asked me, what would you like me to be addressed as? And mm-hmm. I've, I've been doing a lot of work with myself in the last year to ratify myself of identity. Mm. And it's not an easy thing because we grew up in, um, you know, community and our families and, you know, we got our names from our mothers and our, or our fathers. And this is, this is what we are representative to the world. This is how I represent myself right. as Mustafa. I'm an Lebanese culturally, you know, half Lebanese, half Canadian, because I'm born in Canada, but um, I have ethnic background knowledge of Lebanese mm. culture. All right. But uh, because I was always in that middle space between an Arab or Canadian, Christian or Muslim, and it was always that, why do I have to choose a side mm. kind of thing? And I'm like, um, you know, just recently in the last year, I said, why do I have to choose? I'm not, I'm choosing not to choose. Right. And, and I think uh, now that I've gone to this point in the, you know, I, when someone asks me, where are you from? I, I really just tell them from, I'm from earth. I mean, I don't know. I love you know, that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and it goes similarly, like I ask someone where you're from and I get lost because I want to know what their ethnic background is. And I, you know, I get lost and I forget that it doesn't matter, right. you know, and it just, uh, like you're my brother, you're, like you're my older brother. I don't look at you as uh, a guy down the street that I grew up with, right. you know, right. it's like you had, you had an influence in raising me as well as, uh, you know, Rodney or anyone else. Did, right? right. Right. Man. I, thank you for that perspective. Actually, that's, that actually, Gives me a really, really good, good um, picture of how we should be looking at things, and I, I like no, it. No, I like no, it. for sure, man. I mean, like you're, you're a part of my existence, and um, it's I'm not separate from you. This is what I know for sure. Mm-hmm. And what whatever you're doing here with the podcast, this is just a part of an extension of my reality because I'm on this podcast with you right now. <laughs> you understand me, brother? Yeah, no, nah, I follow you. It's, it's simple. It's simple. <laughs> it really is. But <laughs> you just have to grasp it. Once you grasp it and, and you realize I can't really hold on to this and you kind of let go of the concept, then yeah. it's like you, like you got it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like right there. How, how, would, you, how would you describe um, the way of life in the Western Hemisphere compared to other parts of the world that you've been privileged enough to kind of visit and travel to? Uh, the Western hemisphere seems like it's never enough and it always needs more. Elaborate a little bit on that. 
Uh, okay, elaborating on the wanting more issue yeah. is, in my mind, when I was a bit younger, I thought fifty thousand dollars. If I if I somehow got in touch with fifty thousand dollars, that it would change my life and I would have a totally, you know, different life. And I or you know, like businesses and this and that. And and when I made fifty thousand dollars, it I realized it's it's not. It's not enough. It's not, it's, it's not enough to give me that vision I had when I was younger because mm-hmm. I made it. Then I made 50K and it wasn't enough. And then you make 100K and then it seems like it's not enough because you buy a house and then let's say you're going to flip that house and make a 200K off of that house. And then you're going to go and upgrade and buy a house for 200K. So you're going to be back down to where you started. and. Mm-hmm. And then you're stuck in that wheel where you're constantly trying to upgrade or constantly stay with the status quo. So it's always more and more. And, and you know, you get a million dollar house and then you're like, OK, this million dollar house is nice, but I would like a two million dollar house now. So, <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> so it, it becomes it, it, like it becomes, uh, you know, like like a rat wheel. And yeah. that kind that's the Western Hemisphere is the rat wheel kind of approach to life because they need you to buy something every day you have to purchase or you got to spend some money on gas or food or something that mm. you got to just keep the the wheel going and i mean where 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 i got to travel to other parts of the world is you know people are living differently in terms of just being content with what they have and happy mm. and somehow you see that they have more than that guy living in a million or $2 million house. And these guys have more because they're sitting around a fire and everyone's laughing and enjoying their time. And it's like, they got to go to sleep in tents, but they're, they're like, you know, this is just the best time of their life. It's, it's not, you know, not a care in the world in terms of what, what I got to pay tomorrow, what Mm -hmm. I got to, you know, what I got to do to, to make sure my kids are eating. And, you know, there's, there's food, the the earth is, you know, the the earth is your bed, they say, Uh, (laughs) you know, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And, and so as you're speaking, I'm thinking you gave me a visual, right? You gave me a visual of how, how life should be in its simplest form. Mm. And the, the other vision that you gave me as you were describing you know, that scene of the campfire, you know, the fire and, and having that moment of togetherness mm. is people laughing. Yes, sir. I, That's you, like, it's missing. <laughs> uh, yes, in the city life. Yeah, in right. the city life. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll see it amongst kids, but they hit preteen or teenagers and it's it fades. It's because those kids are not, they don't know how to judge you yet. They don't know how to judge their, their peers and size them up and, you know, say this guy's my competition or this guy's my superior, or, this guy's my inferior. Right. Once, once you start having that mind frame of uh, separation, like I was saying, then you're going to have that, that decline of, uh, of happiness because the more you separate things, the more you disconnect yourself from the world around you. And uh, I think that's what brings a lot of pain to, um, um, I mean, not just to Westerners, but to anybody in mm-hmm. the world participating, you know, in yeah. that in that kind of thing. I mean, sitting at the fire with these people, like laughing here, this is like these guys, they don't, they don't think about like how much bills they got to pay and how much things that, because you only accumulate bills 
because you want more things. Right. <laughs> like, That's it. You, you can choose, I don't want this phone bill, or you can choose, I don't want this cable bill, or you can choose, I don't want this, this light bill. But I mean, you have to go to more sustainability than, than consumption. And I think that the Western world is built off of consumption as opposed to sustainability. And the people pay the price for that, literally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there. It's evidence for you to see the cities anywhere you go in the world. As long as you're in a city, you're going to see the hustle and bustle and no one has time to sit down and have a coffee and talk. And, mm. you know, they got to they gotta keep going. And um, you, you see that consistently. But I'm, I'm glad to say I'm out in, like, I'm out in the skirts. Right. And I'm, like, I'm away from, you know, Street lights, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to, you know, to tell you. <laughs> like, Concretes and street lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm away from all that, and I'm I, and I'm feeling blissful, you know. That's it. That's it. Now, I need to get used to that. <laughs> the people, so people in this part of the world, um, and when I say this part, folks, I'm talking about the the, the Americas, okay? Um, mm-hmm. You know, have this sense of safety and security over here. How true is that sense in your experience comparing it to different parts that you've also visited? Um, that's a good question. So I, I heard a guy compare the city life to um, farming that uh, mm. even, even a guy that owns a farm and has cattle, cows and sheep or whatever, yep. he has to make it secure and safe and clean for his cattle so they can produce more milk or produce whatever they're producing and so even a farmer that has to take care of cows gets his cows medicare gets you know builds roads and and fences for the cows and makes it a safe environment for the cow Mm. so i mean our cities are much like that where they built up infrastructures and hospitals and um i guess law enforcements where you feel a, an idea of safety or I mean, even in health, you can get injured and go to a hospital in Canada or anywhere in the Western world there. But as soon as, uh, as soon as you realize you're a part of this cattle, it's you're, you feel like you're being used. You feel, I mean, mm. our Canadian government makes us feel secure. But as soon as something comes up where it's a state of emergency now, like what's happening now, and things start getting mandated to where you might not agree with it or you might agree with it, it doesn't matter. It's mandated. Right. So in, at that point, it's like, is it my interest that is really at, at focal point here or is it the interest of sustaining control and power? Wow, because you can feel safe Mm. in the cities, but but as long as you're shackled with debt or if you're shackled with some sort of opportunity to lose something like a home or uh, your job or something, you're Mm. threatened with that. It becomes a different, you know, a different scenario. Like I just seen they enacted some emergency law in Saskatchewan. And I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what I yeah. this is what I came across today that uh, there were the emergency wartime law. It's something like that where they can come in and seize your home and do these kind of outrageous measures where you would never think the Canadian government would be allowed to do such things. 
but in a scenario where they create a, a danger or an emergency, they created a, this emergency around uh, this COVID-19 thing because really if they cared about people, they would mandate uh, exercise before uh, you go to work or they would mandate healthy eating for your children. They, the schools would have uh, like breakfast clubs for yes. all schools, you know, for something like uh, that would help the kids nutritionalize better right. and to just build them up in a natural immune system kind of way mm -hmm. where a human, you know, humanity has been around for thousands of years and we've went through, I'm sure, hundreds of diseases. And But the, the goal is to keep us in a kind of a scared state uh, like much like the farmer does with the cows and he has the you know the two dogs to mm -hmm. make sure that the cows follow this you know this path and it doesn't go off the path and these two dogs where the shepherd controls there the thing the, the sheep and the cows are afraid of the dog but at the end of the day it's the shepherd the farmer who kills the cow and eats him you know right it's a it's right. a it's an ironic twist <laughs> it's an ironic twist to our to our western civilization you know it's like that we spend our whole time <laughs> we spend our whole time being afraid of this dog but it's the shepherd that ends up eating us you know it's like so. that is incredible <laughs> yo that 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 analogy was beautiful honestly it, <laughs> I just regurgitate. I just regurgitate what I what I come in what comes into my existence. Yeah. It's information and I'm I'm just giving it to you how I you're asking for it. I mean I don't you, you know you know it's funny. A lot of people are gonna have a hard time digesting that. They really are, because people don't think and think about it, especially if a society believes they are intelligent or above other societies, right? And so mm -hmm. for you to now turn around and say, okay, we are the cattle which is a fact we are, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, don't go. Let me finish. Watch this, watch this. Because, no, right. because now I'm using the analogy literally because I think that's the only way it'll actually register with some people. And I need people to get mm -hmm. that because we are like, you just mentioned a few things, the job, right? The fear of losing my job, the fear of losing my home, the fear of, not being able to acquire the material things that I have acquired over time, the privileges that I've been sold, that I, you know, been, been conditioned to believe that I actually have all these little things, which is true because really and truly we can't put a finger on any of these things for it to be accurate. And if you really go further back, this is the most important part here that you just mentioned with an example from um, potentially what could be true uh, or not true with Saskatchewan. The crown owns the land. Mm -hmm. If the crown owns the land, yes, that's right. how can I ever own my home completely? I don't, because I'm always going to be paying taxes on it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm you know, simplifying it, right? But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, it, it that's, is, though. But that's, that's the life. basis. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's life. Yeah. You know? that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're taught that life is. Right. Uh, not right. to, you know, not to correct you, but that's what we're taught. Exactly. That life is th this, this constant chase and this constant seeking for... Uh, for more this right. is our this is that's it i mean i i know for sure when i was young going to flemington uh that i had to have nice shoes and nice clothes on the first day of school no matter what taught. exactly 
Yes, that's what I was taught. And now when I got a little money, what did I go buy? Shoes right. and, and clothes. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had shoes. I had clothes. I mean, but <laughs> it's like my mentality was is that this is like, you know, because I always got stuff handed me down from, you know, my bro. Right. And so when I got my own money, that's all I went and I bought. I didn't go and buy land like or go buy a house. I just yeah. I just wanted to look fly. Yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, a lot of money wasted on just looking fly is now having me run around like, uh, you know, saying <laughs> I got to figure something new out. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm taking those steps and hopefully, uh, you know, with the universe's power that I'll, that I'll be able to complete my steps. That's know? it. That's so. it. How would you? How would you? Just on a, go ahead. No, go just ahead. on a side note, when uh, when you're talking about losing your job, I mean, I want you to know that in certain states, that um, any kind of talk about Israel or um, the situation or China bad talk Israel in particular, mm. you can lose your job in certain states. It's like a law; you can't talk about anti anti Israel or boycott Israel. Or else you'll lose your job. It's actually really? in your contract. You have to sign it. And this girl took them to court. And this girl was, uh, her name is Abby Martin. And she actually won a case in one estate. I don't know, but there's uh, still still some some states that have this actual law that you there, you can't say uh, boycott Israel on it. Wow. Or else you lose your job. You're, you're actually, it's in the contract. You have to sign it or else you don't get the job, right? That's incredible. I don't know about Canada. I don't think Canada has those kind of laws, right. but I'm sure um, with this girl downtown on uh, on Bloor Street, I believe she had a, a store called Food Benders. And I don't know what it, what her deal was, but she ended up writing "I love Gaza" on the on her window. She was just uh, uh, you know she was just showing support for the Palestinians in her community. So she wrote, I love Gaza on her window. And you should see the kind of like harassment and kind of like people smashing her window, vandalizing her spot, even coming to her spot while she's there. And they set up like protests at her spot. Like, wow. uh, like, it was, like it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy about this one girl. She's selling like sandwiches and stuff. And wow. <laughs> she just puts up, I love Gaza and her thing. And now she's take, she's being taken to court for discriminatory uh, things about her, her, her shop, because she said something about uh, Zionists are not welcomed. Wow. And she equates Zionists to racism. Right. Mm. And so she stood by it. She's like, I'm not, she put up a sign saying, you know, Zionist not welcome. And then they use that to say she's discriminating against a religious or thing, which you can't do. Right. Right. You can't uh, not offer business based on religious belief or whatever. Right. Exactly. But her argument is that Zionism is a racist uh, thing and it's not, it's not a religion or exactly. a creed. It's Yeah. Wow. But they they they've integrated Zionism with the state of Israel and Israelis in in particular. But there's a lot of young you know Jewish people that are not having it, mm -hmm. and there's even the secular Jewish people that have always been supporting the Palestinian right to, because they are they are true followers of the Torah as opposed to Zionists who are fake followers. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, that's right. not. I mean, this is they can come after me. It has nothing to do with your show. But the idea is that Zionism is what birthed the state of Israel. And um, 
it's opposed to their uh, religious beliefs because they something about their Messiah returning and he has not returned. So it's not their time. The Orthodox Jewish guys I'm talking about. Okay. So, so they've been actually in support of Palestinians from the beginning, you know? Hmm. That's interesting. The narrative is, is completely different the further you dig into it, further you, you, you know, you want to learn. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why, I mean, I just like to share information and that's, you gave me an opportunity to it. So I took it. Yeah. How would you, how would you describe freedom and what does it look like in, in your mind? Freedom is the. Is it the red pill or the blue pill? No, it's not. Neither. The freedom, freedom is the ability to express yourself without, uh, condemnation without worrying about uh, criticism and you should be free to express yourself even to your friends and family if I mean if you see something going on wrong in your family you have an obligation to say something but then you feel like uh, he might or she might be offended if I say this or mm. and then you you get into that uh, if I just let them continue they're going to dig themselves in a deeper hole because I, I don't want to offend them or I don't want them to think I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm being an a-hole for, for saying this to them, you know, right. like I'm, I, I, I don't want to use uh, people's image, but I'm saying if someone was overweight, like obese, you, you'd want to tell them, Hey, you know, like, mm -hmm. but a lot of people, they just want to be not rude, I guess. <laughs> so freedom to me is the, ability to express yourself without the fear of judgment and the fear of retribution. Now, do, do you think, do you think we, we have that freedom that you just described? Um, in Canada or yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for the most part, you do have the, the freedom to, to, to express yourself. Uh, but I, as you, you know, as you see with this lady down on the blur, she expressed herself and now she's facing harsh, harsh penalty for it, which uh, she had to close down her shop because the lawyer fees of the whole situation right. and the pressure from Israeli groups. And, you know, she, she had to shut down her place because of her choice to express herself uh, in solidarity with something she believes in that she says is right and she believes it's right that Palestinian cause to free Palestine is her thing and you know and she's being she's being punished for it I mean you can say what you want it doesn't mean you're going to get away with it I'll give you an even a more an example of a radio station that was on the air prior to uh, you know to 9-11 they're on AM the AM radio station, it was just a talk show. Uh, and then after, after 9-11 happened, is their show became too, uh, too much because it was like a conspiracy show, you know? And so after 9-11, their show got canceled. It wasn't like a, there wasn't much of a, uh. a, okay, we're, you know, we're closing down shop or, you know, celebrate. No, it was just like, they went off the air and the, you never heard of the show again anymore. That's, that's, that, that, and they were just talking, you know, like conspiracy stuff about, uh, you know, about government this and government that. And then and, and so so in a sense, right. what you're asking, I don't think. Right. Like, I don't think you're fully allowed to express yourself with freedom of of thing, but they they would sure, surely like you to feel that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's much. It's, 
You can't do nothing right. about I, it. I feel like know? it's a smokescreen, right? That the illusion, right? The magician says, look at this right hand. Meanwhile, they're doing something else with the left hand. You accept it and you work around it, whatever. Uh, there's, you know, when you know that you, there's nothing you can do about it, it stops bothering you and you move on to more constructive things. Yeah. So at what age did you begin to recognize that some of the injustices surrounding you or the world, um, you know, when did you start to recognize them and how did that make you feel? Like, where did a shift come from where you became extremely more aware of of what's happening and why it's wrong? Hmm. I think it came apparent to me at a young age. Hmm. Um, yeah, brother, I wrote a story about how the world was, um, how they found out the world was flat. I mean, or sorry, how they found out the world was round. Wow. Right. And the story was about a guy who looked different than the others. He was a half man, half beastly kind of guy, but he was like a, a big teddy bear, you know? And he always trying to help mm. people, but because he was, he looked different, people never accepted him, you know, as, as a part of the community, whatever. And one day he finds a kid all bloodied up and he goes to help the kid. He's trying to help the kid and someone sees him and him helping the kid they get a different story and the rumor goes around that this guy did this to the kid, this half man, half beastly guy. And the injustice was like no evidence. He was there. Okay. He gets banned off the face of the earth. And so him being such an honest guy, he actually walks towards the end of the earth, which he thought he was going to fall off. And, but time goes past and he circles the whole globe and he comes back to the same community that he got banned from. Mm. And they realized it wasn't him that killed the kid because more kids started dying after he had left. <laughs> and when he came back, they all, they all, they all apologized for him and they all apologized to him and they made him, you know, like the city mayor or whatever. It was like, it was like kind of what happened with Nelson Mandela, you know, the right, poor guy. Right, right. You know, they you know they jailed him for thirty years or you know twenty eight years only to release him and make him the president. Oops, like we did like a oops <laughs> thing. You know, it's like sorry, sorry, you know. Except except our apology. You can become the president. We don't care. He's like he's like go ahead. You know we don't. And so that's what, that's what they're gonna do with you know the state. You know the apartheid state of Israel they're gonna you know make some some Palestinian peasant the the you know the prime minister of Palestine and they're gonna say oops sorry you know just you know forgive us for the last 80 years of brutal occupation just 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 give us a blight like you guys did in South Africa right right, right. <laughs> I like that spin that's a, that's a nice analogy <laughs> you know, not to mention the son the son of Mandela is still shouting support for the Palestinian cause and he, they still aligned the Nelson Mandela Foundation with the with the Palestinian cause there. Right. Wow. It's just because it's an apartheid where two million uh, or a million or two million Israelis control the 10, 15 or whatever million Palestinians. It's the same thing happening and that was happening in South Africa is, is happening in Israel right now. Wow. Just just for those tuning in, I just want to give them a bit of a uh, context. Uh, this conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians has been happening for more, I mean, over 70 years, 80 years. Uh, so it's, mm -hmm. it's an ongoing thing in the Middle East landscape. So if you aren't informed, hopefully this, this conversation will be a good starting point for you to actually want to dive in and kind of um, look for yourself, some of the things that we might be uh, alluding to and things like that. So please dive into it because I think everybody needs to know 
um, these things are constantly happening, but you're not going to see it in your, uh, you know, uh, radio waves over here in the West. So be aware of that. You have to dig for some of this information. Go ahead. You're going to say something. Yeah, no, that, no, I just want to confirm what you were saying is that like, like, don't take whatever I say at face value, look into it for yourself and right. um, see, see if I'm, if what I'm saying makes sense to your ears. And if not, you're going to go the other way anyway. So right. it doesn't matter. Right. You know, I mean, this is why people love to talk to me. So because I don't judge, I don't look at them and I, and I point out their flaws. I don't, because their flaws to me is what makes them perfect. And they're, they, they can be themselves around me, D. Right. And when you can be yourself around a person, it's like that, that, that what is freedom to you, you know, uh, like really. And, you know, we try to find that in a partner, right? Mm-hmm. So someone you can be yourself around. Right. But a lot of these people these days are getting into relationships under the false pretext that I have all this to offer. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yes. Do you really have all that to <laughs> offer? I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot, man. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. It is. Oh, man. I, and, and, and man, I missed out on a lot of good, good relationships because of the concept that I wasn't ready to take up a wife or a spouse in because I didn't have my own my own space. I didn't have my own right. thing set up and my own material things mm-hmm. get garnered up for this uh, endeavor. Right? Right, right. But now, now I realize in it now, it's not the material things you got to gear up for. It's the spiritual part. If you can talk to this person or can you, can you, can you sit in a room with this person for more than a couple hours? That's and, it. That's it. And it's, and it's not easy, but that's the truth. I mean, like material things will come if you're on the right, on the right intention. Yeah. Yeah, you know that is not to say that there's a right or wrong intention. No, but, but it, as long as your intentions are pure, right? Let's say. And 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 it makes you, like you said, it makes you happy because you're being yourself. There's there's no greater there's no greater feeling than being yourself. I mean, and this is what I offer people who come to talk to me, and people that come in. You see, you come to my house in in the jungles. There, yeah. you see people hanging out, yep. all kinds. Uh, yep. You know, they're they're all just they're all just vibing because they can actually just be themselves. Yep. They don't have to worry about who's going to look at me like this or who's going to look at me like that. Right. Right. That's a fact. You, know, you, you have guidelines. You have kind of like, okay, like, hold on, you can't do that around right. here. You know? So you got to have boundaries. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you got to have boundaries and you know, you're more respected for those boundaries. That's it. That's it. What role do you think uh, the faith leaders play in the peacekeeping or peacemaking process in this conflict? Uh, our leaders our leaders will need to effectively, I mean, stop, stop selling arms to Israel. I mean, that's a good start. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's billions and billions of dollars worth of uh, trade. So they're, you know, you tell them to stop selling arms, they're going to, they're going to kick you out the country or something. I don't know what right. I mean. They, but uh, our leaders, they're, they're paid puppets. They can't do nothing because they need money for fundraising and and campaigning. So they need to appeal to that group that has money. And, you know, which is why the Green Party will never win uh, an election in Canada because they don't appeal to the money makers of Canada. You know, mm. they, they talk about taxing the rich and, and cleaning up the environment. And that sounds like it costs money. Right. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it makes money. Right. So it's not, you know, as long as you, there's not money to be made, then there's not going to be change. And what uh, what Israel provides over there is a, a nice big paycheck for any uh, 
any Western leaders or any leaders for that matter willing to sell them arms, willing to sell them some some new gun or some new tank. And and you know, when we get to a point where that is not an option where we can't give you any more guns because you're under an illegal op like an illegal occupation, not to mention an apartheid. Right. You, you know, so you can't get any more guns. And but when it comes to that, then I think you'll start to see a change in the situation for sure. Wow. So just just that just just stops just stop selling arms. Right. <laughs> like, right. Just just saying that is like a is is an unprecedented thing and uh, an unimaginable thing for yeah. our, for for our society. Man. So I, I was reading, I was reading that in 1917, I believe it was. Uh, during the First World War, that the British government announced their support for uh, the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine. And I'm wondering when I was reading that, I'm thinking, wait a minute. So does that mean that's when they're setting their alliance and saying, you know, is this where this conflict began? Is it one of the, you know, pieces that kind of fueled the fire? Mm, You're talking about the Belfort Declaration. Right. Yes. Uh, that came about through hard, hard work and strenuous work from a guy uh, earlier. It goes back to like maybe 1890, 1895, okay. around this period. Uh, a guy, Hungarian Jewish guy, who came became obsessed with the idea of Jewish people having a national home, right? Mm. And because. I guess prior uh, to 1948, there was no such thing on the on the maps as Israel at that time, and okay. um, and so there's Jewish people living everywhere in the world. I want to tell you that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They their their punishment was exile because they were the apparent chosen people, mm-hmm. and they committed sin. And because they were the chosen people and committed sin, their punishment was uh, doubled or 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 amplified to to exile right. you know and they their their thing was to go live amongst everyone or go amongst, go live amongst the people everywhere so you get a piece of jewish people in every country every major country in this world there's a jewish population there this went to the guy theodore herzl his name was okay. and theodore herzl started sending out letters to influential European politicians. Um, and then it became, they started a Zionist coalition and the Zionist coalition set up meetings and in Britain and in, the, you know, in all parts of Europe uh, to where these rich, rich Zionists started pumping money into the idea of Israel and they got that guy, Belfort, to sign a declaration in the British parliament to say, this is a mandate. We have to help the Jewish people to get a land. And so when it wasn't happening fast enough, um, the acceleration happened as the second world war came about. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my, in my calculations, the second world war was funded by the Zionists. It was funded by uh, the people who had an interest in creating a state for the Jewish people, which is, which is fine, which is, uh, but they, they looked at plans to do it in Uganda. Did you know that? No, I didn't know it was Uganda. Africa was looked at first before Palestine where Palestine is there. They, 
So even that, the British were like, okay, here's Uganda. These people won't mind if you guys slide in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then they're like, no, no, we don't look like that anymore. We used to look like that, but not anymore. You know? Right, right. So they, they said, okay, fine. Argentina, a little north of Argentina, you know, like North Argentina, you can get a nice spot there. Mm. There's a nice, uh, yeah, but we don't, we don't really speak that language anymore, you know? Right. So they, they kind of pushed the idea for, for Palestine. And then the British saw Palestine. Okay, perfect. We don't have uh you know, we don't have an ally there in the Middle East. So mm. let's pump these guys um, some guns and get them in there. And when that happened, you're talking 1917. That's the First World War. I'm talking the Second World War. When America started to help the process uh. of the the creation of the state of Israel, because they needed They also needed an ally in the Middle East. Right. And it was very important to have like uh, some military presence there, right? For, you know, for America, because they were looking at Iran and they were looking at Iraq and Syria. And so they know that this is where the oil comes from and we're going to need to be close to this, you know, to this area here is kind of important. So they kind of started funding it, funding it, funding it to uh, to where you see it today, where it's like every country from from Britain to England, uh, to America, to Canada, to Australia, to every country, these well-off to-do countries, they give about two to three billion dollars annually every year tax-free to the state of Israel generated from donations. Wow. Apparent donations that get funneled to the state of Israel to buy back weapons from these Western countries. And it's like a great business thing that America invested in at that time. And you think the United Nations was created to stop any kind of Hitler to happen ever Mm -hmm. again. That's what, you know, the impression was, I thought United Nations was like to make sure no world war ever happened again. But Two years after they created the United Nations, they put in the state of Israel through the United Nations. Wow. And it wasn't it wasn't accepted until 1948 that uh, and since that day, the there's been bloodshed. And since that day, they because after World War Two, they was a big call for Jewish people in Europe to leave because they're going to, you know, they're afraid of being persecuted further. So a bunch of Jewish people from Italy, from Romania, from from Poland, from mm-hmm. Russia, from then they're like these are the Zionists that we know of today that are there and are convinced that this is this is God's chosen land for me and there's nothing that uh, anyone can say or do and if anyone says and do anything we're gonna blow this whole fucking place up. Wow. Excuse my language, man. Sorry, but but this is the this is the thing is that they're not gonna go without a fight because they've been they've been you know they've been persecuted for thousands of years the Jewish people it's not the it's not uh, something new for them they've been persecuted from the beginning of time from Egyptians uh, sorry not the beginning of time of Egyptians <laughs> but the be- the beginning of our our time record which is 2000 years or whatever right right, <laughs> right? our our christian calendar yes. i should say so, so since then they've been persecuted even in the 1100s they you know france kicked them out of the kingdom and then asked them to come back because trade and like commerce stopped right. in, in france so they had to set up a special area for in france for these jewish people and that's that's the only way they came back into france but since world war ii they've been exiting europe Wow. And all migrating to Israel, but then they get to Israel, they see all the 
the crap going on there, they just end up flying to back to Canada or back to Europe. Mm. And now more, now more than ever, now more than ever, Israelis are leaving Israel because of uh, this conflict. Is this, there's no end in sight, and no amount of guns can stop the the courage of a Palestinian who feels that this is my land. You know, this is my home. Right. I have the key. I have the land. Uh, deeds. I have the deeds right here. Proof. This is my land. Right. I got the. You know, this is, and you know, it's it's not enough. And this is what we call democracy in the Middle East. You know, and this is what we call fair. This is what we call. So, my only solution is uh, to to stop arming Israel or to uh, to boycott to boycott any product that um, helps maintain that status quo over there because as long as they're fighting there's there's money to be made it's scary when i think about it but why do you think the media outlets in ontario doesn't cover much or any of of this story like i don't i don't see it across my screens i don't see it on my timelines or any of that stuff that's simple they 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 will lose they would lose advertising they would lose uh, they would lose revenues uh, like any kind of thing you're talking about, it's not just uh, it's, it's not just an Israeli-Palestinian uh, topic, but it's any anti-imperialist. You know, any, any if you're talking about the imperialism of America or, or the UK, then it's, it doesn't get it doesn't get you know it doesn't get the news coverage because you'll lose advertising dollars. I mean. There's two reporters who took, you know, took Fox News to court because they spent like three or to six months on a story. Um, the story had to do with uh, giving cows some steroid so they can produce more milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did the story about how the cows are actually getting sick. Their udders are dragging on the floor because of the yeah. the swollen inflation and overuse of their udders is dragging, literally dragging on the floor. And the farmers just stick the pump right on the udders. They don't clean it. They don't. So that all that bacteria and even the steroids, yeah. you're getting in the milk. Yeah. And so they did the story. Fox News said, "Okay, we're going to put it out." And when it came time to put it out, they got a letter from the drug company that owns that steroid. And they were, so they, uh, they it got stopped. The story got stopped. Um, they fought. They fought for it. They said, "Okay, change the words. Change change the word cancer to health implications, and change mm-hmm. this word to that word, so it's more you know easier for TV." You know. And they did it. They changed the wording. They changed the thing, but the story was the same. Right. So they came back. They said, "No, this is still too too harsh." And then, then they didn't end up putting out the story. So the two reporters that worked on the story took them to court. Actually, took Fox News to court. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the reporters they won the case. Uh, the time by the time it came to pay them out, uh, I think it was like three hundred k or something like that, something for their time, right? Uh, Fox News appealed the decision and got all the other news outlets involved, CNN, NBC, whatever, that, and they got all these guys involved to say that it's uh, the case was about falsifying the news because the reporters were saying that they had the story, but then Fox News wanted to change it up so much that it wasn't actually the story. Wow. So they, then the core ruling was it's not illegal 
for private news corporations to falsify the news. It's not, it's a non-issue. The courts ruled it's a non-issue that, that uh, a news station is not responsible for reporting the truth. It's not in its <laughs> guidelines. There's no, there's no guidelines to say that uh, I got to report this because this is what actually happened. You know, they don't. So they, just so they don't pay out that 300 K, right. they, ex, they expose themselves as, as like uh Snakes in the grass. Right, I don't know what else right. to compare them yeah. to, but uh, <laughs> so no. Just to answer your question, it's just they're, they're they're afraid of they're afraid of advertising dollars, you know, because that's what makes the the world go round. If you believe me or not, is is advertising. If right. if you if you if you knew how to work Google Ads, you would be a millionaire by now. Yeah. Then. yeah. Because we have time. We we have a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. We have a lot of experience. We just never got into learning how to exploit people by by ads. Yeah. We didn't get to learn that. And I mean, I was always interested in media and I was always critical in what the media is uh, reporting. Uh, like even before that, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like I like I already know the BS because I grew up watching the news with my parents. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like they the number one thing watched is the weather, the weather channel. <laughs> yep. And and it's like that's more people's interest is like you know the weather channel. <laughs> what can they what can they what can they expect tomorrow, Derek? Right, you know, right, it's like right. this is this, this is what's happening. Oh yeah, it's gonna be sunny tomorrow. It's like <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good news, right? Good news. And it's that it's it's just like it's it's sad to see and it's like uh you know, I didn't I didn't know how I felt, you know, coming on here and talking my talks because sometimes I, 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 you know, I get too caught up in myself mm -hmm. uh, and I get too emotional and I get, uh, you know, and it hurts me to say it. And there's a lot of things that I, I fear of saying of, of retribution from, from, from any kind of evil in this world and 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 why do i have to feel like that why right. do i have to feel like i can't say what i want and i can't say what i feel mm -hmm. without fear of uh retribution from this uh you know uh from this th this evil entity that is uh that is controlling yeah. the narrative i mean i mean uh, i had a book i was starting to write a book about the organized chaos that's going on and there's chaos in the world but i wanted to tell people that it's organized and that right, you know right. don't fear don't fear too much it's because it's 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 a well-organized thing that's happening it's right. not uh, something of a chaotic mess like you think there's wars and this going on and this it's a, yeah you know it's organized like same thing they did to africa they split it up into i don't know 30 40 countries yeah, you, know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and they made sure there's a you know 10 or 12 wars constantly going on over there right know? it's it's an organized thing that they did and it wasn't uh, it wasn't something that should be mistaken as uh this tribe versus this tribe you know because right. we're all one people and when we realize that we're all one people I think that's when the world, and you know, we're slowly coming to it. I, I guess uh, people are becoming more conscious of their surroundings, but there's still this identity problem that people are facing. Once they identify themselves as this, yeah. I am this. Yeah. So you separate yourself from that. Yes. You understand? Yeah. And when you separate yourself, there can never be some sort of happy, happy medium. You can't, I mean, that's you can't hold on to it. Yeah, it's, it's messed up, man. Yeah. I think, but 
we're keeping the conversation above the average. Sorry. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. No, but you're right. Like that's where I think um, we get that that old saying from, right? Divide and conquer. If you, as long as they can keep you separated, it's easier to control and manipulate you, right? Yeah, that's a that's an old yeah that's an old time war yeah war strategy yeah. for sure. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, I think you you made a really valid point that that I want to kind of reiterate, which is the news outlets. Really, when when I heard you talk about that that portion there, it's about accountability, right? So the same way we expect, and I, I use that word um, on purpose, mm. we expect our doctors to know more about our bodies than we do. Because they they've been trained, they've been you know through the they read these textbooks and so forth. But for some reason, there's this illusion that our news outlets are well informed more than we are, right? As far as as far as what's what's our truth, we don't have our own identity as far as truth, right? We don't know what the truth is because we're not doing the work to find the truth for ourselves. But we depend so heavily on these outlets to tell us the narratives. And then we buy into it because that's the only source that we look to. And and uh, they don't have, yeah, it's true. So if they don't have any accountability, what is that? Where does that leave us? If nobody's holding them accountable, if if that example you gave, you know, if the news outlet can say, yeah, you know, we were a fraud, then what accountability? How do we hold them accountable? But then, it, it, you know, I'm going through this rat rat race circle that you kind of illustrated earlier because I realized that it is the money. It is the money, the advertisement dollars. It is the money well, that's moving this, the machine. This, 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 what you're doing here, Derek, is is how you circumvent that. Mm. Um, uh, you make your own news outlet. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, no. you, you know, you, you kind of have to do it yourself. Right. Uh, it's not just the research, but it's to providing the information. That's it. And um, I don't know if you watched a movie called Lucy. Yes. Where yes. Where she gets like a, to a hundred percent of her brain or whatever. Right. Awesome movie. I yeah. love it. But the the she was she was wondering of you know what her, you know what she should do with all this knowledge and she you know and Morgan Freeman told her if you look at the single cell when it divided into a two cells and and the two cells divided into four and the four divided into eight, all they did was just transfer information to each other. Mm. And they, that's, he goes with all this information you have, I can just advise you just to share it with, you know, with people. And uh, if you have some sort of information that is helpful towards humanity, then share it. Don't be, uh, you know, don't be afraid that you're going to get these consequences or you're going to have some, you know, some, some punishment to face because, you know, so, but then again, you, at some point you get big enough, you're going to be concerned with money. And then the guy's going to tell you, if you put out that story, I'm not going to, you know, um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, the Fox, you know, the Fox situation was, they were so afraid of the pharmacy, mm-hmm. the big pharma big pharma companies will shut down your, your whole operation. Right. And, you know, the, just like any kind of like arms dealer or right. oil baron guy, or, you know what I mean? How much, how much more weapons can we make? How much more oil can we drain? How much more? Right. Right. Until the earth says this is enough, <laughs> I guess. You know? Man. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, just a break from, what we've been talking about. Uh, 
And so I have this mm. small segment in the show, which is called Thinking Out Loud. I'm going to ask you the most random question, right? The most mm. random question. And I want your quick, fast, initial response to it. And it's just to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, you ready for it? Yeah. But- <laughs> All right. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or a broken elevator? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, broken ski lift, holy. <laughs> oh man, heights. I hate heights, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm not a bird, so I can't I can't you know, I can't deal with heights, but uh, I think the elevator would be safer. <laughs> Just just cause, just cause you're in a box, you know, it's like, <laughs> like at the ski lift, you're exposed to whatever you fall onto, you know, it's like, you know, at least the elevator has some sort of protection that you can half rely on, you know? <laughs> and I think if you can half rely on anything, it's a good bet. Bro. <laughs> Take that bet. Half, half reliance is better than no reliance. <laughs> I like that. I like. I like that. I like that. Okay, so the elevator. I like thinking out loud. Just good, you know. You should have three or four of those questions ready to go. You know, that's a good segment, man. Oh man, it's a, it's a good. Because I mean, just in general, you don't want to be up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't have wings. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God man. made you walk around with two legs or whatever. <laughs> now you're suspended on the. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. No, I definitely go with the elevator. I can't do heights myself. So you definitely find me in the elevator. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for that. Yes, that's my pleasure. That's a fun one. Are you, are you hopeful for mankind? And, and do you think we'll ever be better than our, our past? Um, I'm hopeful for mankind, yes, because uh, I see people that are already doing the work that needs to be done mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. uh, going back to the roots, uh, as as they might say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is what I'm doing. I'm going back to some sort of uh, natural living, some sort of um, sustainable living, where my carbon footprint is not so big mm-hmm. as it, you know that's uh, so where i can do my part i think gives me hope for humanity because i'm doing it as we speak you know I'm, I'm i'm taking the steps forward to ensure that i'm not dependent on uh, a safe a safe environment i'm not dependent on uh reliance uh some sort of like social assistance uh, program or right. <laughs> whatever they whatever they can you know to sling at you. Mm-hmm. That second part is I don't think so. Uh, as I as I am hopeful, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be better than the past. Um, you can say as we are right now, we are better than our past because we are here. Mm-hmm. Okay, but. I, if you just read history, which I, you know, which I love to read history Mm -hmm. books, uh, you can very well see that history repeats itself, Mm. whether it's on purpose or not. Um, but for the general point, 
that I've seen history take its courses. It's, you know, like, I mean, if the United Nations was really made to stop wars or, you know, leaders from becoming too fanatic Mm -hmm. or whatever, then they should have stopped Israel a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But uh, the history repeats itself. So now the Israeli apartheid state is now considered the new form of nazism mm-hmm. um, they're 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 doing what was done to them um this is what i see i see they're just repeating regurgitating what was done to them they're doing it to the palestinian people right. and that's just uh, one topic that i see about history repeating itself but uh, I, I think there's many cases of of that and and even our like like our Western culture there. I mean, like if you look at it, really the Western mindset is like stuck in the 1800s, but the technology has evolved to the 2000s, you know. And so the mindset is still kind of racist, is still kind of prejudiced, and uh, that's the kind of mindset. But the technology is going full-fledged, you know, going full-fledged, but the attitude is not synchronizing with the advancement of technology. Mm. So you're having a lot of these uh, police, like brutality videos right. are, are a big thing, right. you know, in recent years. Uh, but that's that's just history repeating itself. <laughs> if you look at it from the slave times, this is what they, the police did. They mistreated black people. Right. And uh, from back then, they mistreated them and now you're seeing because technology people everyone has a phone you can see them recording mm-hmm. the same stuff that's been happening for hundreds of years right. now i'm not trying to say all police are bad and right, police right. i'm not i'm not out here screaming defund the police but um i'm i'm out here saying that it definitely needs reform right it definitely needs some sort of change some community based changes which some states are doing it some states uh, they got rid of the police uh, station and replace them with the paramedics to go deal with uh, uh, domestic situations and all that. They like social workers and paramedics are showing up instead of police now, which is which is a good start. Yeah. I mean, I mean there, we need laws, but even laws, they, the the police are just following orders and implementing the law, but. If the law is prejudiced and the law is racist, then you're going to say that cop is racist, right? Right. right. So it's not it, it's not a fair it's not a fair thing, but uh, that's the reality of the situation. They're just uh, doing their job in whatever they got to do. But those guys that are caught doing the brutality thing, it's you know I don't want to say a few bad apples because this they're they're implementing the laws of the system. Right. And, as long as they continue to get away with it, they're going to continue to do it. That's it. That's it. What What inspires you to be as positive as you are with all that's going on? And where do you find this optimism? I mean, I'm I'm a positive guy, but I, I'm moving away from the positive and negative aspects mm-hmm. of my consciousness. Okay. Because I'm starting to realize that there only is what it is. Uh, and, and if you're dividing it to positive and to negatives, and then you're going to get messy. And because your idea of positive is can't necessarily be my idea of positive. Mm-hmm. I, although I appreciate your comment. Uh, no, no, but, <laughs> but I, I like I like it. Sorry to cut you, but I like it because you actually brought me right back to the beginning 
when we started, it was about choice and the divisiveness, right? Like the fact that we separated. So you just tied it all together for me when you, when you, we don't have a choice. This is what we're born to, to know. Like we don't, you know, I mean, especially in the Western, uh, in in the Western world, once you're born there, you're going to, you know, you're going to be given an identity and you're going to be going to school where you got to compete to be the first to, you know, best in the class. And you're going to be the guy who has to win, win at all the games and you're going to be competitive. And as long as you're competitive and you're distracted from this guy is, is me. This next, this next mm. person is me and who, and so yes. I'm only, I'm only competitive with myself and it's pushing me to, to be harder, to be stronger. So that's, that concept is not there. That concept is not mm. evolved in our Western society where, where, we're this one unit trying to wait, you know, make our way through life. And we're not exactly sure how to do it, but we're just doing something we're trying to make it work. Right. We're trying to sell newspapers. We're trying to sell, you know, whatever, some, some chocolate almonds, you know, <laughs> like we're just trying yeah, to, yeah, we're yeah. just trying to get by. <laughs> good old days. Yeah. We're just trying to get by so we can see tomorrow better, you know? That's it. And That's it. The only way tomorrow gets better is if you make it better, it's not gonna, it's, it's, it's not gonna get better by talking, talking. You have to go, go and yeah. make it better. Like, you know, you do want accountability. You be accountable. You want respect, you give it. Yeah. And you, and you get it. It's not, uh, you want truth? Then go inside yourself. That's it. Because you're not going to find it outside of yourself. Because the truth is that when you're looking at the world, you're looking at the stars, you're looking at the things, you're, you're looking into a mirror. Eric. You know, that's, that's, that's very, very scary. You know, when I see those constellations and the stars, I'm looking at a mirror. I don't look in the mirror and I see this and I see my human figure. When I look in just into the world with my two eyes, I'm looking into a mirror. This home, this this grass, this trees, this mm-hmm. dog, this this cat, this this bug on the wall, this spider on the wall. I'm not gonna kill the spider on the wall, even though if he touches me, I'm gonna murder him. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna kill the spider. <laughs> I'm not going to kill the spider because I know now that that spider is a part of my experience yeah. and he's just he's just trying to get by like I'm trying to get by. Right, right. And that and that spider deserves to be alive and as much as I deserve to be alive. Right. And if I and if I think I'm better than that spider then I failed. I failed my life journey. <sighs> that spider there is yeah. is me. Yeah. Yeah. There's no separate things like, like I said from that you know yeah. uh, there's no separation between the world and I. So once I come into that clarity of mind, and once I relinquish my material things, and once I get down to the nitty gritty, this, this is what I'm trying to do for my folks. This is what I'm trying to do for my friends, my family, my my circle is to show them that there's a way. There's another way than than the way you're going about it. But as long as they think of themselves separate from the things around them, they will always be in a in a in a in a saddened place because yeah. you think that you're this, I'm me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. I'm me and, and, and Derek is Derek. And yeah. no, yeah, it's an identity Derek crisis. Is me. Yeah. And I am Derek and Derek's not me and I'm not Derek. Right. Right. One in the same. It's, uh, that quote, that quote was from a rabbi from, uh, 
from a smart rabbi. If you are you, you, if you are not you and I am not I, then I am not you and you are not I, or something like that. Right. The, that concept of we're not separate from each other. We're just in this same experience. You see the world as it is. Right. All right. Perfect. Let's let's make it the best we can. That's it. It's no competition. We're, we're, we're trying to make it together the best we can together. So we're, you live in there, I'm living here. That's no problem. Yeah. We can come together anyways. So we're, we, we are nearing the end, but I wanted to get you to share a few important things for those listening. Um, could you share an important life lesson that you've learned over the years that people can take with them? Um, an important life lesson is... I'm just saying this for myself. And if it appeals to your listeners, then all the best. Awesome. But, you know, the religion and these things and got the world going um, in a frenzy, you know, from even what I'm supposed to be identified as, as, as a Muslim. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see myself as a Muslim in the sense that I know more about Christianity than I do about Islam because I grew up in Canada. Right. So that coming up, I was always confused as to what I should be or what I, what I need to be. And then I realized I'm being this to appease this person, right? My mom or my dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, my peers, I'm saying this, I'm a Muslim because of my peers. I don't want them to say, oh, this guy's a fake. Or And so what I went, I tried to study science and what science is saying. They talk about Big Bang and billions and billions of years ago. You don't know <laughs> what the hell these guys are talking about. And, but if you take the idea of the Big Bang billions and billions of years ago, to what we are now, uh, and you you don't separate yourself from that process of where time actually started, not 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 the biblical times, but where time actually started. Because the the question was like, where when were you born? When when were you born? When you came out of the womb, mm-hmm. or were you born when your parents conceived you, or were you born when your parents met? When were you actually born? Were you born when the star exploded and became planets and our sun and our solar system that we depend on? Mm -hmm. When were you actually born? So I guess the most helpful thing I can tell people is don't separate yourself from the stars. Don't don't separate yourself from the sun and the moon. It's not not outer space. It's inner space. Mm What you're looking at when you look at the stars and the sun and the moon, you're looking at inner space. Inside of you is a little universe. Inside of you, there's fire, there's water, there's earth, and there's air. You can't, you can't deny that. So don't separate yourself from your, this planet or your friends or your family because we're all one in this. And you can come and ask me for help. And if I'm not real, then, then you'll see it. It's not. It's not, uh, it's not something you can fake. Right. The funk can't be faked, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and this, that's my best advice is, is the life lesson I learned right now is I didn't, I don't separate myself from my experiences. 
I appreciate that so much. I'm, I'm my experiences. I encourage my, my experiences. Man. And if I'm sad and I'm depressed, it's because I'm putting myself in a sad and depressed state. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a choice. Right. You can't control what happens outside, but you need to control what happens on the inside or else you're going to be uh, like a clear mess. That's it. That's it. Man, when it's, when it's all said and done, how does Fu want to be remembered? When it's all said and done, Fu, it's all said and done right now, brother. And, <laughs> and you tell me how you remember me and how you know me, you know, as a guy that kept it real with, with anyone who I, I mean, bro, that's a deep question, bro. It is, <laughs> it is. I think, I think a, you answered it in the previous statement when you said being yourself right um being yeah, in tune with yourself yeah, it's like the, you gotta universe. just be yourself and and fool was just just a guy that that you know people were able to enjoy their time around because yeah. i mean no one wants to be a bother no one wants to be a you know right a right. depressed a depressed case you yeah. know which is um <clears throat> sad because depression is only forms of identity that your ego that, that your ego forms and it's sad because all you need to do is relinquish that but you you don't have to give up who you are just relinquish the power that identity has over you mm. and that's and i think you'll be okay when when you realize there are no separate things in this world or this universe for that matter and what's this is where i'm, I'm kind of cheating i'm building my own little library so i do this just to um, learn more and uh, what's the most recent book that you've read and what was it about? Oh man, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I just I found a book of um, a book called Sixty Visions, mm. a book of prophecy by Bob Marley. Oh wow! Uh, it's um, it's a book of of um, I don't know. They, they set it up in like three chapters or or four chapters. Mm-hmm with just visions of, I guess, quotes from him. Okay. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, it's a small book. It's, it's not a, it's not a big book, but I actually read that, you know, like I read it today because mm-hmm. it's a small book. I, I brought, I brought the, you know, the alchemist with me nice. on, nice. on my journey here. But I mean, but, you know, Nice. But this book of Bob Marley, I mean, I, there's like a tons of quotes in here. If if you go look into it, there's a there's a nice one I wanted to share with you. Okay. Just uh, before you go here. Yeah. So it says, he says, money doesn't matter. Only music matters. <laughs> when people think first about the money and then about the music, the music won't be worth the money they were thinking about in the beginning. Ooh. We'll leave that there. Man. Yeah, yeah. He's a deep guy. He's that's, a deep guy, that that's, Bob. That's yes. perfect. Thank you for that one, man. Before we wrap things up, can you um, leave, you know, the listeners with, if you had to leave them with one word, and I know how limited, you know, words can be sometimes, but if you had to leave them with one word to kind of either spark something, inspire something, what would that be? Unite. Beautiful. That might, uh, you know, that might be vague, but I think it's actually the only word that that comes to my mind. Unite, unity. This is what uh, this is what the world needs any more than anything right now. Mm. 
as when people come together, miraculous things happen. I mean, that's all I can tell people is to unite. Man, I want to I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Um, I I really 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 enjoyed this one because it was informative. One, the passion was there too, which is great for me. Um, and brother, brother, what you've been doing with the with your you know with your guest that you've had on your show is amazing work. I mean, I I the guys that you've had on your show I admire as well very much. So you know, especially John Smith there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very very inspirational guy. So I was really I was really excited to you know to have a a refreshed, you know, word from that man. Mm-hmm. So I was that's some that's some great work even even through your um your story about the Who Stole My Cheese mm-hmm. was it was an amazing show. I you know I really enjoyed that one. You know, and there's concepts in there that you can that you can relate to our conversation today. Yes. You know, I I there's so many points that you had in there and that are so important to our, you know, to our society to realize that who stole my cheese. I mean, because, you know, we're enjoying our cheese right now, but it can be taken away. That's it. At any time. That's it. So, count your blessings and, and give thanks is what I usually say, but unite is a much stronger thing. So Perfect. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with unite. <laughs> yeah, usually I say give thanks because when you show appreciation, you get more things to be appreciative for. That's, That's right. what I believe. That's right. So. Man, give I, thanks to the listeners. <laughs> give thanks for you for your hard work, brother. So nah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Listen, if you're tuning in to get into the comments and so forth, I'll get back to you on the comments. You have to make sure you have Podbean installed. Um, but the show is available on all platforms. Make sure you register, subscribe, follow, get involved. Um, I'm not sure if you're on social media and you have a presence that you want people to reach out to you. If you do, you can I share. I mean, that. I do. I I do, and I would love for people to to come and see uh, to come and see the, all the information. I have over 1,500, 1500 story posts that I've saved in the archives, mm-hmm. just on my page. Clearly, for anyone to come and use for referencing, mm-hmm. but these are all posts about the. Israeli-Palestine conflict, and uh, to me, to me, it's like that. Um, I've done enough talking; it's time for action. Right. So, I'm putting all that information that I have on my my Instagram page, and I'm I'm putting it into action, which is to boycott, divest, and sanction any country that is dealing with the apartheid state. And so, I got to lead by example. So, I'm taking my investments and I'm I'm taking my money out of a system that contributes to the colonization of indigenous people and that's it I'm done there's nothing that you can do um I'm I'm satisfied my mom's happy for me what else do I need that's it that's it yeah man can you give the For folks sure, that IG you, page brother. so that they can they can get on there and actually get no, that information? No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> I mean, I love I love you, and I and if the people who are my friends and their family, they have this information. If you, it, it, I mean, I would love to direct your fan base and your your supporters to to it, but I I don't even think it's necessary because uh, the the I mean, you need to. Boycott, divest, and sanction. This is this is this is my main 
my main uh, my main message that's on it. my IG page. That's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> Give that's thanks it. for that for sure. No, I appreciate you, for, you know, giving me that opportunity. But I I really don't think it's a necessary thing because it's a very ugly, very sad ordeal, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 not going towards that anymore. I'm right. going to something to something that I can actually facilitate, you know, facilitate change. But the information's there. It's not, it's not like it's yeah. hidden, yeah, but you, go. you can just, you just have to be in tuned That's to it. your surroundings. That's it. Yeah. Your surroundings is you. So if you're not in tune with it, then you're not in tune with yourself. That's it. Fu, thank, thank you again for this episode. I, I appreciate you so much, brother. I hope, I hope it did you justice in your pursuit to, you know, sharing information, brother. Hey, you, you, you won't believe, you won't believe, but you'll see. I'll, I'll share the, the comments. I'll share the feedback with you as soon as I get them. You just give me, you know, you just ask, you know, anything you need to, that I can help with. Just let me know, brother. I mean, I'm sorry. I haven't been posting up your, your podcast, but I don't, I don't want to, um, no, no, make no. a connection Don't. with too much people on on my IG page because of the message that I have there, right? Don't apologize for yeah. that, man. I yeah. appreciate you yeah. being here. That's what's important for me right now. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I'm here, and that's and that's and that's all I can give you, brother. It's my presence. That's yes, it. Sir. That's it. <laughs> yes, sir. My pleasure. It's my pleasure, dog. It's man. my pleasure. Until next episode, folks. Love, peace, and happiness.